0: There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors.
1: Today, I'm joined by David Vaught, uh, our fellow advisor at Propel Financial Advisors. David holds a CFA, which is a chartered, chartered financial analyst designation. He holds a, He's earned a law degree, um, and he graduated from the West Point, U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Um, so thanks for joining us today, David. We want to do a series on getting to know our advisors better, so um, can you tell us, What brought you to financial advising and why you chose that as uh, your career?
2: I I was practicing law. I went to law school after I got out of the Army, and uh, I did private practice for about 13 years. Um, It's uh, not a very efficient system, the legal system. It tends to be slow and expensive, and I was looking for better ways to help my clients. And I gravitated in the practice of a lot of business clients who had business problems and and didn't want to get embroiled in long term litigation or expensive legal work. Um, so as I gravitated toward helping them with taxes and those kind of things, I did work on a master of law tax the master of law in taxation at DePaul University for a while, although I didn't quite finish it. And um, uh, business problems. I found that the investment world is really a place where objectives can be achieved more efficiently than in some other uh, endeavors. So I began to transition out of practicing law. I did the uh, chartered uh, the uh, uh, CFP program, financial planning program, and uh, began to work with people uh, on more investment matters.
1: And now that you are um, a financial advisor, do you think that your legal background brings something different to your approach?
2: It, yeah, all kinds of backgrounds make, bring something different. I transitioned through government into uh, into finance. Uh, when Pat Quinn, who was just been elected treasurer, asked me to join him and work on the treasurer's, oh, about then $5 billion, mostly short-term bond portfolio, we hired a, outside investment managers, the first that had been hired in the treasurer's office, that made me very familiar with what people do as investment advisors because we were doing a procurement to find a good one, um, and more than a good one, uh, really. And uh, and that's where I did the work on the CFA program to get involved there. That's usually what people, uh, the kind of a designation they want to get to go to work for a mutual fund company or a trust company or, you know, a large uh, financial institution of, of some kind. Um, I thought that those larger institutions led you into into an individual practice um, but found out it's also a good thing just to dive in with both feet Uh, I like the Warren Buffett uh, quote that uh, the main qualification to do well in the investment world is just to be able to sit in a room by yourself and think you know you have to think through things you have to pay attention right and so much of this you learn by doing
1: yeah and I think um, sometimes you know, having a law degree, you get certain knowledge of the law, which is beneficial, but um you also have a lot of training in, in analytical thinking, which, you know, I'm also an attorney, I feel like is something that we can really bring as financial advisors. Um
2: that's so true, man. Uh, and I, I think it leads you to the difference in in the finance world. Uh uh I, I started Uh, my own firm in uh, 1996 and I've been pretty steady at it since then except for another detour into being the uh, state budget director for Pat Quinder and the uh, the um, uh, great recession uh where I also learned a lot about the investment world I'd never been to a bond rating agency before you know just as an individual practitioner you don't normally go there unless you work for a big underwriting bank I got to go uh, uh sell state bonds to them that was part of my responsibility and deal with a lot of different businesses that are in the investment world in the state's economy, uh, while working for a governor. So all those experiences I think add up. But but the point I wanted to make is they bring you to the difference between the qualitative approach to the investment world and the quantitative approach to the investment world. You need to know both, and the 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 analytical thinking skills you're talking about that uh, lawyers have to master uh, really help in the qualitative area. And then a good a business background or or a, a mathematical background of some kind helps in the quantitative side, and the the balance between those two is really important um, if, if you work with clients.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing I wanted to touch on with is um, you have extensive experience working with pension funds, investing for those institutional clients, um, and but also with working with individual clients. And, you know, I wanted to hear a little bit how your experience working with pensions informs your work with individual clients and families who, you know, have different needs and goals than a pension fund.
2: Well, the pension funds are very quantitative, especially when there's competition. And that's a highly competitive area where firms, large firms, uh, and very capable firms are trying to to get involved in the pension business uh we were in in uh in the smaller pension funds which made the competition not quite as intense but we still competed with very large banks and others there uh in making sure that the ability to to track an index and to uh uh improve them on it were very important uh skills Uh oh my phone is ringing I'm sorry um and uh so i i think that that all adds adds up to something i i think the other thing it it adds up to is the appreciation as you work in the investment world between risk and return those are the two variables that are kind of at war kind of like greed and and uh and um and fear you know the risk is uh, in the fear mode and and uh, uh the 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 tendency to chase returns and try to outperform everything is in the greed uh, area. They can both get you in trouble if you don't have them in a proper balance. But I think the more you deal with professionals in the investment business, you'll see that they start out looking first at the risk, not the return. A lot of clients wanna talk about just return. Um, But if you don't consider the risk you're taking to achieve that return, uh, you're gonna get burned.
1: Right, that's a great point to make. And um, how about outside of work? I know if you've looked at our website, you can see we tend to have a lot of airplanes um, <laughs> that that um, was larger you're doing. Um, so we know you love flying. Um, anything else you want to add?
2: I am detained from flying now because one of my fellow flying club members made a hard landing in a strong crosswind and, and managed to uh, break apart in the nose wheel uh, structure of the airplane that I usually fly. So it's being repaired now at great cost, and then I want to get back in that. I've been flying since I was 16. I learned it on a scholarship uh, that a local businessman uh, uh, came up with because they thought after World War II they they weren't training as many pilots in the military. We need more pilots. That was their, their view. Other pilots, of course, always think that. And uh, it's it's a great fun, but it's also it's also a way of looking at different at things differently. You don't have a map up there in the sky; you have to plot your own course and, and know how to get there and not get lost. Um, and you have to be able to operate in three dimensions, which is different than we're used to operating in. So it it, uh, it expands your uh, expands your mind a lot.
1: Yeah, and then another thing is um, you have a big background as a farmer. We, we, we haven't touched on that really either um but i think i feel like that adds some different perspective to um what you bring to your work too
2: well I've, i was raised an old farm boy and of course in when when you're raised on the farm you get up and do whatever comes whatever needs to be done right there's always something that needs to be done there's always more work to be done on the farm and some of it is very productive and some of it is just you know out there with a hole uh you know with sweat (laughs) dripping off your nose but uh i think you learn things about it and i think it 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 also ties you into the international markets because today in agriculture in our country we export most of what we produce in the grain area at least in illinois where we grow lots of corn and soybeans and it teaches you uh, naturally some things about the international markets and the importance of the strong dollar or the weak dollar to uh, affect international trade and so forth
1: Okay, and how about we um, finish up with a music recommendation because um, we know you're a big country music fan and you have been your whole life, most of your life. Um, I was just
2: talking with a friend of mine about Tammy Wynette, of course, has not been with us for the last few decades. Her and George Jones were uh, at the very top of uh, country music for a long time. And uh, we were talking about the song Stand By Your Man, and how some people in urban areas don't really understand the attitude um, that was expressed in Tammy Wynette's song "Stand By Your Man," but I think it's, it it uh, it it ties to the culture of rural America. T- Tammy was from Mississippi, uh, and she was tied to rural culture. She was also tied to the blues. You know, the Mississippi uh, is uh, a, you know the Delta blues and the and the blues singers and guitar players. Uh, in Mississippi in the South influenced country music a lot and really blended it much more than people understand today I think uh with that other music form that's part of our uh, one of our cultures or some people would say a subculture but it's really part of our culture today uh so I think that gives you another understanding into how this country is different people are different they come from different places different backgrounds um and then it you know it's uh it, it, you know it doesn't all reduce to numbers it reduces to something very different
1: yeah very true okay well thanks for joining us today David it was uh nice getting to hear more about you and your um background
2: thanks Amanda you didn't mention I was your father so we should mention that while we're at it
1: oh yes yes of course <laughs>
2: <laughs> great to work with you too
1: I know right okay yeah. Bye. Bye.
0: That will do it for this episode of Connecting the Dollars. Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to ConnectingTheDollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at connectingthedollars.com. Or if you're interested in working with us, click the Schedule a Consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.